While on the CPAC stage, President Trump outlined a bold plan to deal with illegal immigration, and the invasion enablers are losing their small little minds. I'm Tommy Laren, and the show starts now. Since Biden was vote by mailed into office, well over five million illegals have invaded this country through our wide open southern border. They've waltzed in basically undeterred and some like me would say aided and abetted not only by the coyotes and criminal organizations, but also the biggest cartel of them all, the Democrat Party. Add the 5 million plus that have strolled in in the last couple of years to the 15 to 30 million already here dodging in and out of the shadows. We've got a real problem on our hands, especially as the Democrats are rolling out more socialist free-for-all programs. We, the taxpayers, already foot the bill for our fellow, albeit lazy, Americans, and that's bad enough without adding millions more dependent pickpockets that have no legal right to be here. So what to do, what to do? Well, President Trump has an idea, and while it went over very well at CPAC, it's making liberal green-haired heads explode. Roll it. Under my leadership, we will use all necessary state, local, federal, and military resources to carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. Other countries are emptying out their prisons, insane asylums, and mental institutions and sending all of their problems right into their dumping ground, the USA. Think of it. And we will pick them up and we will throw them out of our country and there will be no questions asked. Amen and God bless. So a lot of folks, even on the Republican side of things, say the notion of deporting millions of illegals is unrealistic and extreme. Okay, you know what else is unrealistic and extreme? Letting tens of millions of people invade our country and then stay in our country. You know what's extreme? Bussing and flying these people to the city and state of their choosing, putting them up in fancy hotels, paying for their food and education and medical care as our veterans sleep in tents along the freeway. Yeah, that's all pretty damn extreme to me. Or allowing these animals to assault and attack our border patrol agents that's pretty extreme and pretty sick. But deporting people who broke immigration law and have no legal right to be here? No, that's not extreme. Will it ever happen even under Trump? Well, likely not because there are too many laws and loopholes put into place to allow, excuse, and rubber stamp this illegal activity. The Democrats want voters and the rhinos want cheap labor for their corporate interests. But if we can't deport every person who came to this country illegally, Perhaps we can start with the, I don't know, 5 million plus who have shuffled over here in the last two years under fake and phony ass asylum claims. That sounds like a good start to me. And let me also say this, Donald Trump is the only president, the only leader in my lifetime or possibly even in American history to take border security and enforcement seriously. And for that, we owe him a debt of gratitude. And whether he's our nominee or someone else's, the Trump America First standard will have to be upheld and carried on. Still ahead, our federal agencies are lying to us. They're doing it shamelessly and brazenly. I've got former FBI agent and counterterrorism expert John Guandolo with me next.
I believe the men and women of the department pursue their work every single day in a nonpartisan and an appropriate General way. General Garland, there are thousands of men and women who do that. And I'll tell you, I hear from prosecutors at the Department of Justice. I hear from agents at the FBI who are angry that it is treated as the enforcement arm for the DNC instead of upholding the law in a fair and even-handed manner. So you are right. There are thousands of men and women that are, that are doing the job, but it is the political leadership that you're responsible for. Whether it's the head of the DOJ, A.G. Merrick Garland, or FBI Director Chris Wray, we're being lied to by the leaders of our government institutions. These weasels unfairly and arbitrarily and politically apply the law, and they do so with such zest and pride, it's really quite something. But can the rot be rooted out, or does the poison run so deep we just need to start all the way the hell over? Joining me now with his take on that and so much more is my friend, former FBI agent, counterterrorism expert, and founder of Understanding the Threat, John Guandolo is back in Nashville. So I have so much to talk to you about. I want to jump right in to FBI DOJ. Okay. Last week, we had Director Chris Ray on Fox News. Brett Baer interviewed him. And really, he just lied through his teeth. I mean, he said that they don't pressure social media companies to go after conservatives or to censor information. He said that everything is applied fairly, that when pro-life activists are raided by 30 agents, that's just by the book. But, you know, BLM activists, they do it at night, so that's why they get away with it. I mean, he lied through his teeth. But I wonder, is there any saving either of those institutions, DOJ, FBI, any of it? Well, number one, uh, there better be if we're going to hold this country together. I think the FBI is a much more questionable uh, issue because of how corrupt the leadership is. Uh, and I, I, I want to say, you know, you're, t you're quoting Christopher Wray rightly, and here's a guy who participated in the World Economic Forum. Uh, their recent meeting in Davos, who he videoed in and spoke to them. That raises serious questions, and we know that Christ, uh, the former FBI director, James Comey, publicly admitted he was a communist, and he said, I'm not sure where I am now, back in an interview uh, right before he became the assistant uh, attorney general of the United States. So I, I think... The FBI's leadership is corrupt. And I want to begin this discussion by, by saying this. During the 2016 transition, before Mr. Trump was inaugurated, a few of my colleagues called me who were on the transition team, and uh, all three handling, one was handling legal issues and the other two were handling national security issues. And they asked for my input on certain things. And I think it's important to recognize that uh, one of the things I did was I gave a write-up. They said, can you do like a one or one and a half page on the biggest issues in the FBI? And I said, hiring, training, and promotion. And after I sent it, I got a call back within 10 minutes. And the individual said, well, that, that's kind of everything, isn't it? How you hire people, how you train them, right. how you promote. And it's all broken. And there are a lot of good men and women in the FBI. Uh, but too many are being quiet about the, the unlawful activities going on. And there, that is a, you know, that's a 20-hour documentary in and of itself. But I think at the senior levels, the leadership has to be held accountable for uh, the laws that are being broken. They, you're right, Director Ray lied because if we look at what, just take Black Lives Matter. Here they are burning down cities and the, and the number of investigations at the Washington field office 
the place where agents took a knee to BLM protests going by. Uh, literally, agents took a knee. There are photographs of it. I'm sure some of your viewers have seen it. And yet, no investigations out of the Washington field office related to BLM. None. Think about that. Well, for me, it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of intimidation going on, which brings me to the raid on Donald Trump. There was a big article that came out in the Washington Post saying that some agents were hesitant to raid Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in the way that they did. But the way that the Washington Post and other liberal outlets tried to spin it is that that shows that they actually have favor for Donald Trump and that Donald Trump has a cooling effect on the agents. Now, when I first read it, I was like, yeah, they were saying, hey, maybe raiding this guy's Mar-a-Lago estate doesn't make a lot of sense. We should ask him for permission to go in and search. You know, the way that they did it with kid gloves, with Biden and his numerous batches of classified documents. But the way the liberal media is spinning it is, oh, no, actually, the FBI is in favor of conservatives and they're they're writing that and people are believing that but when that whole rate is concerned when you hear that there were agents that said yeah probably not the best idea how long do you think those agents are going to be around or at least in their position are not fearful of being demoted or just pushed out altogether i can tell you agents uh and it's been uh not just right now under the obama administration as well agents that spoke up and did things uh, stood for what's right. They were identified, and they that hurt them. Uh, that hurt their career, which is why a lot of people, especially people that are three or four years from retirement, they're just going along to get along. And my my message to them would be, that's wrong. That's the wrong approach, because if we had just imagine twenty, but imagine a hundred agents, five hundred agents stand up say, you know, have a press conference all standing in one spot with a couple of people being the spokes, spokesmen or women, that, that this is what's actually going on in the inside. Many of them feel that that might be disloyal. And my question would be disloyal to, to what? You know, you're not, your loyalty is not to the FBI. Your loyalty is to the Constitution. That's the oath you swear. Um, but it's the leadership that is not just incompetent, they're clearly, based on what we know about what Comey did, what Andrew McCabe did, what Peter Strzok did, what this current line of leadership, the SACs, special agents in charge running the offices, their, their behavior is not just unprofessional. It's criminally negligent because we have Americans that are dead because they're not doing their job. That's part of the problem as well is that the perception of these institutions by, I would say, the majority of conservatives is that they cannot be trusted. So even if that was just perception alone, it's still a problem. And then we've got example after example of them targeting conservatives. But I ask you this all the time. What is the motivation? Is it just to go after Trump and make sure that Trump isn't elected again? Or is there a bigger goal here? Why are these people that are supposed to be a law enforcement agency why are they going to such great lengths to carry out their agenda and their liberal agenda? So that's that is a great question, and I th I think I just had a, a phone call this meeting uh, this morning, talking about that with someone, and this is pretty much on a daily basis. I think among the American citizens that are paying attention, and your audience is a good snapshot of that, right? Because they're paying attention to what's going on. They know something's wrong. What is going on is much more well-coordinated, well-funded, uh, and much older than most Americans think. When we teach, when we train, whether I'm talking to a member of Congress 
or running one of our training programs in a local community. When people see that this has been going on literally for decades and not just a few decades, for 70, 80 years here in the United States, that there is a well-organized, I mean, we can go back to 1922 and you look at the notes of the people who were delegates to the U.S. Uh, Communist Party and to the International Communist Party. And in, we have quotes from 1922 from those people saying, we're going to take America down and here's how we're going to do it. And we didn't believe it then. We had, you know, in the 50s, we had the House on american Activities Committee that looked into it and identified some of these people. But then we let that fall. And since then, the, these well-orchestrated, well-coordinated movements have been left unattended. What's so odd to me, though, And is so, I'm, I'm sorry, just... So we have real communists in positions of authority. The, the Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, the, the lady that Biden put forth to be the comptroller of the currency, literally running the federal banking system, is a no BS communist who led young communists in Russia, in, in, in Moscow. These are real people that are in positions of authority. James Comey admitted he was a communist. And we treat it as if, yeah, but you're overblowing it. I think it's been grossly understated. And we just, you know, we just had CPAC. And that was not really talked about, that right. this is a very well-coordinated issue. Even in serious conservative circles, it's not being discussed. And I believe it's because there's not a real good understanding by what I would call the conservative leadership in the United States. Well, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the fact that looking at somebody like a Christopher Ray or any number of these officials, why would they want to take America down? They're Americans. Their families are in America. Why would they want to see this country fail? That's what's so hard, I think, for me to understand. Not that I don't think it's happening. It's just why, as an American, would you want your own country to fail? I get it if you're a foreign agent or you're a globalist. I get it if you're making a lot of money off of it, like perhaps the Biden family has, but I don't get why so many people in positions of power want to see this country fail. I don't know if there is an answer to that. Well, I would say I believe there is an answer. I mean, the target of, and let's just talk about the communist movement, not necessarily the you know, secular humanist movement or the Islamic movement, just the communist movement. But all these exist here, and their goal is to undo the foundation of the republic. And I would say they've done it. I mean, look at what's going on in small and mid-level sized towns around America. The same issues they have in New York, Chicago, Nashville, Dallas, those same issues exist in, in pretty small areas. And they're being pushed through uh, the prosecutor's office at the city and county level, the school boards at the local level, the city and county councils, uh, through the chambers of commerce and things like that that exist in every community. And our adversaries, for the most part, uh, are have groomed people for these positions. And they are, in most cases, uh, even if they're not card-carrying communists, these ideals. We had in Dallas these incredibly sexually deviant people holding these drag shows in places like Plano, most would argue a concern in places like Fort Worth that we would normally consider very, and the local leadership, the law enforcement, nobody's doing anything. And the, the fathers and mothers are pretty much 
They, they sit in their houses and they grumble about it, but they don't do anything. So it is a, a, a lack of an understanding of our founding principles, which was on multiple lines of attack by, by these movements for decades. I mean, since before the 1960s. And then, so they're pushing in on that, but they're also promoting all of these things. And they all say, we have their documents from back to the 20s and 30s to what they're promoting now. Ask the Amer average American, do you know that Black Lives Matter is a Chinese communist organization, we know it, being run by communist party, Chinese Communist Party's officials inside the consulate in the United States? And most people I talk to, they have no idea. If you don't know that, what else are you missing? So I think it is. It's a very well-coordinated effort. Look at people even in our circles that you would consider conservatives and talk to them about just two different or three different issues, and you realize even they have an understanding of the way things are that's absolutely upside down. And I think that is the answer to the question, that, that you don't have to be a card-carrying communist, but if you're carrying their water for them, you're part of the communist movement, whether you intend to be or not. And a lot of people are carrying that water because they think that it's social justice, or they think it's exactly. climate justice, or all exactly. these other social issues. I do want to turn to Ukraine, though, because for the life of me, I cannot figure this out. For Biden, I can figure it out because I think there's a lot of ties there with the Biden family and Zelensky in Ukraine, and there's a lot to discuss. But I cannot figure out why the left has been convinced to be pro-war. They have been convinced that law enforcement and military, when it stands up for American issues, is wrong. But sending billions and billions of dollars to Zelensky, sending resources and ammunition and weapons to Zelensky... That is something that they want to continue for as long as it takes. You got to break down Ukraine for me, not just in that aspect, but what's really going on here, and maybe a little insight into Zelensky himself, whom I do not trust. Right. So there are so many pieces, and let, let's talk first. I, this is a really good question that you're asking. Let's just take 15 to 30 seconds on the war itself. All analysis that I've looked at shows that Russia is having serious problems with equipment, with manpower, with all kinds of things in the Ukraine. So that's the first thing. So the idea that's being promulgated, not only by our civilian leadership under the Biden administration, by our military, is that Russia is some major threat to the broader region. That's, there's no, I don't see facts on the table to back that up. Yes, they have grown their naval forces, they've grown their nuclear forces. But as far as a land war issue, that's a hard one to sell, but yet it's being sold by our government. So that's point one. Point two, the communist movement, and I would include the Democrat Party because they are part and parcel of the communist movement in the United States. And uh, they are much more in line and much more coordinated. When they put out a line of operation, they all just get in line with it. Whereas the, I would say the Patriot conservative movement doesn't do that. It's much more fragmented. So that's point two. So they just get in line, right? This is today's talking point, boom. And we now know over the last 10 years, all the WikiLeaks stuff, all the leaked emails from you know Donna Brazil and the DNC leadership and all that dating back six, eight years. 
we know how well coordinated they are with the media and with the party officials at the state level. So boom, they put out something, it goes across the media, everyone's in line. What's interesting is the Republicans got in line. I wrote an article literally two days after the, it literally turned on a dime. All of a sudden, the only talking point was Ukraine. And we had, you know, huge flags flying in Dallas at yep. conservative businesses in line. Kevin McCarthy immediately wearing his Ukraine flag. And the question is, why? And I would ask, when the entire media, not Tommy Lahren's show, ABC, the entire traditional media, ABC, NBC's, MSNBC, CBS, CNN, immediately are in line on something, that is a red flag that it's an information operation. And yet Republicans just jumped on board. Average American patriots jumped on board. Yeah, this is not Soviet Union versus America. These are two bad countries fighting each other. Remember, it's the Ukrainian leadership that was up to their eyeballs in the Russia-Trump collusion lie that we now know was a lie. It was an operation. And across the board, our Congress people lied about it, right? We know that now because we know what they said behind closed doors officially was exactly the opposite of what they said publicly right. about these things. So we, and we know that there was no collusion with Mr. Trump and Russian officials to gain some sort of advantage in the 2016 election. election. That was a lie. And the FBI was in on it. Director Ray, or excuse me, Director Comey, uh, Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok. These guys were in on it, lying to the FISA court. And you and I have had other interviews where we discussed that. So that's the backdrop to this whole Ukrainian thing. The information is now public about Mr. Biden's connections. The massive payments to Hunter Biden by Burisma, right? And the massive payments and Mr. Biden up to his eyeballs in it. So he lied to the public about it, about his involvement in these Ukrainian business deals, that he used his official, the official color of his office as vice president to advance his son's and then other people's business interests in this, which is a violation of the law. So do you think that's why they're going so hard for Ukraine? Because I get it. Like I said, with the Biden thing, I completely get it. I Quite frankly, I feel like He's protecting some kind of secrets over there, so he's going to go hard for Ukraine, and he's got the liberal media and all the Democrats, as you mentioned, lining up for that. I still don't get why Republicans are willing to say that Ukraine is our, our top priority and we're going to fund that in, in perpetuity. It's still confusing to me why, and even more so. We're sending over resources and we're sending over money and ammunition and all this, but we're not sending them the fighter jets that could actually help them win this, whatever that looks like. We're not sending over enough to help Ukraine have a decisive victory. We're sending over enough just to suck us dry. So I don't get that. Do they want to win? I personally don't think, I've said this before, I don't think Zelensky wants this to be over. I think he loves the spotlight, and I think that he loves whatever he's getting out of this. But what is our plan? What is our strategy? Just forever? We're just going to keep sending, and we're all just going to feel like we are such good, noble, wonderful human beings for doing so? So I want to go back to the, the initial discussion about the communist movement here. You know, Mr. Biden started his very first election with the direct support that he still thanks today 
over his 40 plus years of corrupt political life with a group called Council for a Livable World that was literally started and handled right uh, by Joseph Stalin's intel chief. Council for a Livable World is a Soviet communist entity. Now that the Soviet Union's fallen, they are still a communist entity run by out of Russia. Now they're their own entity here in the United States now, but that's who they are. That's how he started his campaign, still thanks him. We have a vice president who was, before she came, became vice president, certainly in people in our circles and by Trevor Loudon and others, rated as probably the most communist member of the U.S. Congress. She's now our vice president. We have real communists in the administration. Anytime they do something, it's not just about one thing. This isn't just about um, a financial gain for Mr. Biden, although that's something. And it's not just about a financial gain for Republicans. And for your audience's sake, I know you know this, if we look at the communist efforts, they're, they're th this is like 101 communism, basic. There are real communists, right? There are the useful idiots, and there's the controlled opposition. People that should be on our side, but right. they're batting for the other team. So I always use the example, if you have a thousand people protesting in Portland, Oregon, right? And they're violent. Maybe out of that thousand, 75, 100, probably less than 100, are real communists, and they're the ones making this whole thing go. The rest, you know, could be a 17-year-old who likes the idea that I can throw a brick through a window and have no accountability. But the people running this are dangerous, violent people. But that's, so that's the real communists, the useful idiots, right? But some of the useful idiots are also in organizations that support the communist movement, so the collaborators. But then you have the, the controlled opposition. And in the United States, the controlled opposition is the Republican Party, the national leadership, the Rona McDaniels, the Mitt Romneys, the uh, previous to his death, the John McCain's, the, uh, you know, you could go on, the uh, Mitch McConnell's, the Kevin McCarthy's. They are the greatest adversary of the American people. And so this is much more than just about individual interests because they know what are they trying to do? What's the object of the Green Party and the new Green New Deal? It's to destroy the U.S. economy. So if we're spending hundreds of billions and tens of billions to fund a war where there is zero U.S. interest, which right. is a violation of the Constitution, right? No U.S. interest, yet we're doing it nonetheless. We paint out Russia to be the bad guys, even though they have real national interests in what the Ukraine was doing. I'm not a fan of Russia or Putin, but you have to look at it from a completely um, uh, objective perspective. This is about engaging the United States in a war so we bankrupt ourselves, we, we look at every policy about our military, and we got a chairman of the Joint Chiefs who is pro, you know, sexual deviant behavior, pro diluting the military. He said, if we're going to invade China, I'm going to call the Chinese and tell them we're right. coming. It's premeditated treason. Until Americans realize this is a coordinated effort to bring the republic down, we're never going to take the action that's needed. 
and that people like Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy are up to their eyeballs in it. These are traitors to the republic, and they're violating their, their oath of office in what they're doing. But they'll gladly stand up and present themselves as patriots. And, and I just ask your audience to ask themselves, since 2010, right, since the, uh, the Tea Party people went to Congress, got there, and the Republicans, most of them, turned around and flipped us all the bird. And they just got in line with the Republican establishment. That's where we are. That's how bad it is today. And until we actually recognize this and recognize that these leaders who keep promising us things and going up there and doing the same things. I will tell you, in my recent uh, presentations and speaking to large groups of Christian conservatives and asking them about what happened with Kevin McCarthy when he first got you know, the speakership and, and the pushback he was getting, a lot of conservatives like, yeah, we understand, but they kind of went too far. And, and I just tell them, if you believe that, then you have no idea the war that's being waged like at every level in this country. I think that's the answer. This is a very well-coordinated effort, and that's the part that a lot of us, I think a lot of our colleagues don't get because to, to get it means this is, we are in much, much worse shape. Yeah, it's, it's having to really recognize. In, in closing, I just want quick thoughts on this. Okay. Right now, we're shaping up for what we believe is going to be a Donald Trump versus Ron DeSantis 2024. We don't have an announcement yet from Ron DeSantis. We feel he's probably going to announce, I would say, early summer um, after the legislative session is over. That's what we're expecting. Everybody else is not really on my radar. Nikki Haley, Vivek, wonderful. They're out. I don't care. Nobody cares. It's Don versus Ron. Are both of them suited to take on everything that you just explained to me? Or is Donald Trump still the one that you feel in your heart is going to be our best chance to root this out? Um, so I think there are pluses and minuses with both, but I do not see evidence that either one of them has a, an understanding of how bad it is. I do know that a colleague of mine who's uh, arguably one of the one or two guys in the country that understands it, you know, did brief him, a, Mr. Trump, a year before the 2020 election and said, this is where we are. And if you don't do these things, you're going to be out. And none of those things were done. So that raises questions about Mr. Trump. If, he, if, he's, if, he, if he's handed it on a silver platter and doesn't take action, there's a problem. I don't see evidence that Mr. DeSantis understands this to the depth. And so do we want a president, anybody that doesn't understand it, that, that those are the questions I think Americans have to ask themselves. But are one of those two men better than the options coming from the other side? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Mr. Trump demonstrated his greatest value was just ripping back everything and showing the American people how corrupt and broken their federal government is. And that, that was invaluable. Now the question is, what are we going to do about it? And so far, there's been no... Uh, you know, the work that understanding the threat my company does is to train communities to show them where that exists in their community and flush it out. But Well, we're hopeful. At least you're telling me there's hope. There is hope. And Great hope. I'm hopeful that either man will take this on, and I believe that they will. I, I believe that they have the intestinal fortitude. I believe they have to time it correctly, and they have to get themselves in a position to win first. And then we're hopeful that maybe that can be the beginning of, of rooting all this out.
So I'm going to leave on that moment of hope. Okay. But thank you for all the education, for helping us to understand the threat. And we never want to think that our country is in bad shape, but it's better to recognize it now than wish we had when it's too far gone. That's so right. So it's always savable. And we're going to leave with that note. John, thank right, you as thank always you. for explaining all this and for being here. It's so great to have you in studio. And let us know when you're back in Nashville. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, similarly to that, coming up, PSA to all the child grooming freaks out there. It is not your right to dress as women and strip and gyrate in front of children. And you'll no longer be able to do that right here in the state of Tennessee. My final thoughts are next. Guess what, sickos? It's not your right to dress up in women's clothes and perform sexual dances in front of children. And thanks to a new Tennessee law, that crap won't fly in the volunteer state anymore. It's time for final thoughts. It's now against the law here in Tennessee to hold drag shows on public property in the presence of children or near schools in the state. Note, you can still dress and drag and dance for each other and adults, mind you. You just got to leave kids out of it. Now, you'd think preventing grown-ass men from dressing as hypersexualized women to strip, dance, and gyrate in front of minors would be a pretty damn bipartisan and pretty damn decent thing to do. But you're forgetting that millions of Americans are infected with the disease known as liberalism. The left is outraged over this, proving once again there is no gutter, trench, or sewage drain they won't crawl out of. And of course, California's greasy governor chimed in. But better question, Gavin, why do you want sexualized freak shows gyrating in front of children? Also, Gabby Poo, your Californians are fleeing to Tennessee in record numbers, so maybe take notes. Normal people don't tolerate this filth, and it should be illegal everywhere, as should allowing and even coaxing children to cut body parts off and switch genders. But Gavin isn't the only Democrat furious that Tennesseans don't co-sign perverts and pedophiles. Here's our brilliant diversity pick press secretary wondering why we take protecting children so seriously in this state. But instead of doing anything to address those real issues uh, that are impacting American people, right now you have a governor from Tennessee has decided to go after drag shows. What sense does that make to go after drag shows? How does that going to help people's lives? What sense does it make to go after drag shows, Kareen? Well, if you liberals find this filth acceptable, you are quite frankly irredeemable. children should be exposed to that you are a sicko and a pervert and a freak and you should probably be on some kind of a watch list or in jail what in the hell is happening to our society even here in blue music city some of my fellow nashvillians are horrified that children won't be so easily groomed in our state any longer 
there are actually hotlines to call if not being able to perform simulated sex acts in front of minors causes you pain and anxiety. This is some sick, sick stuff. My God. And it gets better. These pervs are trying to validate their desire to cross-dress and dance for kids by somehow trying to draw parallels between our governor dressing up as a woman as a joke in high school like somehow it's the same as the kind of sick crap they want to do. Y'all are nuts, just plain nuts. So just so we're clear, a little public service announcement. It is not your constitutionally protected right of free speech and expression to dress up as a woman and strip, gyrate, and groom little kids. Our founding fathers are turning in their graves. You weirdos are trying to invoke the Bill of Rights to cover your twisted perversion. And those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.